Welcome to Shift, a college admissions ACT and SAT podcast for a changing world. I'm Tyler, founder of Achievable, and we have an affordable ACT course that uses memory-based adaptive learning to get you better results in less time. You can get a free trial by going to achievable.me, and if you like it, use the code podcast to save 10% off. Now, let's get started. Today, we have Dave Lynch with StudyLark on the line with us, and Dave, if you could just give a quick intro that would be great sure uh thanks for having me back tyler um it's great to be here and um my name is dave lynch my company is called study lark test prep i operate out of the philadelphia area offering uh one-on-one tutoring for the lsat sat and act i've been doing this for about 20 years and uh in addition to tutoring i also um publish books for the LSAT and the SAT um, for people who are looking for additional resources uh, on those tests. Yeah, fantastic. And so in that, you've seen a lot of SAT math sections and math problems. Certainly. And have some have some tips for how to diagnose those problems, right? Because something mm-hmm. that is, you know, makes this test different from the tests that you would take in school is that it's not just trying to test your knowledge, it's also trying to test your problem solving skills, which means that usually the problem is an onion kind of with multiple mm-hmm. layers. First, you've got to figure out what you're doing and what you're supposed to solve, and then you got to solve it. Um, so yeah. on the SAT math, how does that show up? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, exactly as you said, uh, I think a lot of times um, there could be many ways of solving a problem, and, and some of them are uh, sort of the, the quick, efficient way if you just have this step of recognition uh, and then <laughs> there's plenty of ways to like go off track and waste a lot of time. Um, and so, you know, many times when I'm working with people, um, they'll say, Oh, that, that question is actually really easy if you just look at it the right way or if you just know what it is that they want you to do. Um, but the, the hard part is actually knowing what they want you to think about or, or recognizing how they have dressed up a familiar task in, uh, unfamiliar clothes. Um, and so, uh, you know, it, this is a little bit different from like just talking about the actual math that you need. So we're not talking about what is the quadratic formula or how do you factor a, um, a polynomial or something like that. Instead, it's how can you look at a question where they haven't been so direct about your task and realize what it is that they want you to do. Because sometimes it's very direct. Like if it's a word problem, they just ask you, you know, how many tons of asphalt were delivered that day? I mean, it's it's very clear that that's what they want you to find. Or if they say, you know, what's the value of X, then they, uh, and they just give you a straight algebraic equation, then it's very clear. But other times um, people look at a question and they're like, I don't know what they want <laughs> here. So what I've done, right. uh, I, I made a little list of some things that we can talk about today where uh, just the way that that the question is written or the way that the answer choices are presented, that could give you a clue as to what it is that you should be thinking about or, or what you should focus on. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, so, let's start with uh, the first one. Yeah. Well, <laughs> okay. So um, uh, one thing is um, that there's a, a particular style of algebra question that's pretty common. And um, what they're asking you to do is to look at an equation that has a uh, a number of variables and they want you to isolate one of the variables. And the thing that um, I, I notice about these questions is there's kind of like three hallmark um, characteristics. 
And it is first that they give you some kind of starting point equation. Second, mm-hmm. that there's some like long backstory about what this equation means. And third, <laughs> all of the answer choices have one of the variables isolated. So uh, every single choice says V equals V equals V equals V equals. If I see that pattern, I'm like, oh, great. I get to ignore the backstory. I don't really care because I just want to take that starting point equation. And if they all have V equals, then I just need to isolate V. And it, it makes no difference what this backstory is. And right. I, I feel like like that really takes a lot of the mental load off of people because they're sitting there. Like there was one about here's the equation that governs the cooking of tortellini and i was like really <laughs> there's an equation i mean i just dump it in the water and let it go for a while yeah, but <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> yeah. that's not maybe like terribly practical right <laughs> you yeah. just follow the instructions yeah but if if you're on a test and you think that you're that that's important you're like i gotta understand the tortellini you actually don't right you just need to get v by itself um and and so that that could be a good way of like recognizing your task and focusing mm-hmm. on the things that matter and uh, taking some mental load off and, and not worrying about the things that don't matter. Yeah, that's a good one. So we've got the tortellini. <laughs> that was a real one. one. Yeah. Um, um, so an- another one that I uh, came up with was um, a little, uh, a little phrase that shows up in a particular type of question that um, makes it very clear uh, that they almost certainly want you to use a certain technique. And so this phrase that you will sometimes see is um, true for all values of X. So for example, they mm. might say like, if this equation is equal, or if this expression is equal to this other expression for all values of X, then, you know, what is the value of the constant B or something like that? So if I see that phrase, for true for all values of x almost certainly what they want you to do is get the two expressions um in a this, the same form as each other so typically what that means is like expanding out the polynomials so that they're in like the expanded form and then what you can do is match up the corresponding coefficients in front of the different terms so the coefficient in front of the x terms is the same on both sides the coefficient in front of the x is the same on both sides the the sort of um, constant term without any x is the same on both sides um, but almost certainly that's what they want you to do is kind of like compare corresponding terms or, or, or compare like terms is what I call it. Um, mm, but that's okay. a, yeah, that's a little just like trick of the language that I've noticed. If they use that phrase, then expand out both sides and um, start comparing them. Okay. Yeah, that's a good tip. Um, and then another one, um, it, it also can kind of come from the way that the question is written. And uh this is if I see that they have asked me, they give me some kind of equation and they have asked mm-hmm. me for a list of all the solutions to the equation. And within the answer choices, some of those lists are longer than others. A lot of times they're written as sets with like the curly braces and they're right. like, you know, which is the, you know, the complete set of solutions to this uh, question. Maybe one of the answer choices has one number in the set or two numbers in the set, or some of them have three numbers in the set. Um, then, and especially if the equation itself has square roots in it, then I'm thinking, aha, I know what they're asking for. They are testing what are called extraneous solutions. So it's the kind of thing where if you were to do the algebra and even if you did everything right, you would get a list of answers, but some of them aren't really answers because like if you plug them back into the original equation, they actually wouldn't work because maybe you'd be taking the square root of a negative number, or maybe you'd be, uh, getting, 
um, a negative answer uh, or negative result from a square root or something like that. So if I see that pattern where like they, they're asking for a list of all the answers, some of the lists are longer than others. I'm thinking, well, if it's extraneous solutions, then I'm going to have to plug the answers that I get back into the equation anyway. So why don't we skip all the algebra and just take the answer choices and plug them straight into the equation? Uh, right. I, I generally don't do a whole lot of plugging in. I, I know this is a technique that some people use to, to, to greater or lesser extents, but like putting the answer choices back in. But this is the one case right. where you're absolutely going to have to plug the answer choices back into the equation anyway to check if they're extraneous or not. So why don't you just go straight to that, skip all the algebra and just start plugging the choices right back into the original equation. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's kind of like the word problems where it feels like the action, doing the actual algebra doesn't really matter. Right. <laughs> it's, mm -hmm. Like it's just an exercise and plugging the numbers in. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And saving time is the name of the game. Right. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I want to give you more time for everything else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good. Um, another one that I had on the list was um, sometimes the strange wording that they use, uh, often in questions that are asking about parabolas, but um, it, it could often, it, it could sometimes show up in, in other contexts as well. But um, where they ask a question where, where they say, uh, in which of the following uh equivalent forms of the parabola does the minimum appear as a constant or a coefficient and that that phrase constant or a coefficient often like causes people to really panic cuz like what does this mean uh mm -hmm. I, I don't know what they're asking me for uh it appears as a constant or a coefficient um and uh and th that causes a lot of consternation but the the sort of thing that that alerts me in terms of what they're asking is they just want the parabola written in the right form. So like, do they want it written in standard form? Do they want it written in X intercept form? Do they want it written mm -hmm. in vertex form? And if you're familiar with the different forms, then you're like, you don't really have to do a lot of work to, to like play around with the equation. It's, it's more just like, uh, if they want the minimum as the constant or coefficient, I need vertex form. So let's just look at these choices and pick the vertex form. Or if they want um, the starting point, that's going to be the y-intercept. So let me just find the one that's written in standard form because that's the one that gives me the y-intercept. Or if they want, um, you know, the place where the ball hits the ground, well, that sounds like an x-intercept. So uh, if they want that written as a constant or a coefficient, I just go and look at the choices and find the one that's written in uh, x-intercept form. Mm, okay. So that little phrase, if you see it, it's like, you know, uh, instead of being asked to do something horrible and scary, it's actually just choose the, the, uh, answer choice that's written the right way. Um, and you don't, you probably don't have to do a whole lot of math, uh, for that one. Ah, got it. Okay. That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You don't have to do the math at all. As long as like, if you know it's X intercept form and there's only one equation yeah, in that yeah. format, you're all set. <laughs> you're all set. Yeah. You don't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's a true shortcut. Do you have a, a fifth one for us here? Sure. Um, so this is one that for me falls into the category of um, uh, algebra questions, but not the kind of algebra that people do in, in school all that often, uh, but sort of the SAT special <laughs> algebra. Um, right. And the, the way that that works is that uh, in school, people are so used to solve for X or solve for Y. Uh, just kind of get the the value of the variable. But on the SAT, a really common thing is that they'll ask you for the value of an expression. So instead of mm -hmm. asking you what's X, they might ask you what is 2X squared plus 6? And uh, so to me, as soon as they ask for an expression, um, I'm thinking, oh, okay, 
let's keep our eyes on the prize here. So instead of like the long way to do a question like that would be find X and then square it and then multiply it by two and then add six. And that way you're going to like start at the basic building block and then build up to that expression that they want. But usually the way that they write these test questions, that's the long way of doing it. And the much shorter way um, is that typically the way they write the starting point equation, there's like some basic step you can do uh, sometimes two steps that'll get you directly to the expression that they're asking you for. So if they want 2x squared plus 6 and your starting point equation is 4x squared plus 12 is equal to 30, all you got to do is divide that whole equation by 2 and you're done. Like you, I don't, you don't know what x is, you don't care what x is, uh, it's keep your eyes on the prize and how do I go straight from the starting point equation that they've given me directly to the destination expression that they want me to build. Um, and that mm -hmm. way you can, again, like save yourself a lot of work. Um, do you feel like they do that with like polynomials or quadratics? I feel like they that could do it with anything. Yeah, yeah, it might be more advanced. Um, but uh, I mean, the expression or the, the example I just gave had an X squared in it. So that, you know. Yeah. 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 So um, I was thinking of the ones where it's like two sets of parentheses and, you know, you got like X, like maybe the goal expression is like X minus four X plus five. And you start with something that's fully foiled out. And you're oh, just like, yeah. what? Like that—that's—that's that's what I yep. have in my head. Yeah, actually, um, I—I I think I uh, can recall some examples like that, um, and uh, and this kind of overlaps with a, another technique that sometimes people use called U substitution, where if there's a certain thing that you're aiming for, you can actually just assign a variable to it. So, um, mm. if uh, if I'm looking for two x squared plus six, and that's already somewhere in the equation, then I'll say let's not take that apart. Let's just give it a label, call it you. Um, and that way I, I'm not even tempted to like, you know, start taking it apart or start distributing it or start adding parts of it to the other side of the equation. I just like put it in a little box by itself and, uh, and leave right. it alone. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Nice. No, I like that. That's like a bonus tip. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Any other ones you wanted to share here today on the math section? Um, let's see. Uh, oh, actually, yeah, here's a good one. Um, and, and this one is a, a little on the complicated side, but it's kind of a um, uh, something to think about. So a, so a pretty common thing that they will ask you to do is um, what I call counting solutions. So they might give you something as a starting point and they say, well, this equation has one solution or no solutions or an infinite number of solutions or exactly two solutions or something like that. And so um, to me, uh, there's kind of like three flavors of this question. And so the very first thing when I see them talking mm -hmm. about how many solutions there are is I'm thinking I got to first figure out which flavor of, of, it, of this that there is. And then I know what to do um, because each one of those has its own like separate uh, approach. So if it's a single equation, like a single linear equation, um, then I'm thinking if I want no solutions or infinite solutions, I got to get the variable terms to drop out. And mm -hmm. so if I'm left with something crazy like four equals five, then I know there's no solutions. Or if I'm left with something obvious like seven equals seven, then I know there's infinite solutions. But I'm thinking to myself, single equation, I need to get the variable terms to, to, to go away. So how do I adjust the coefficients to make that happen? 
Got it. Okay. And then are you plugging in numbers for the, like X and Y in that case? Not or? for the variables. No, I'm more focused on, because a lot of times what they'll ask you to do is adjust the coefficient in front of one of the variable terms. It, it'll be a constant, mm-hmm. like, you know, on the one side I have four X and on the other side I have K X. I'm thinking, oh, I just need to make K equal to four. That way right. the X terms will basically evaporate and I can see what's left. Is it something crazy or is it something uh, obviously true? Um yeah, so I'm thinking let's let's make the variable terms go away. On the other hand, if they are talking about how many solutions and instead of a single linear equation, if I have a, a system of linear equations, two equations mm-hmm. with two variables, then forget about making the variables go away. I'm thinking I got to get the slopes the same on these two equations. Because if, oh, okay. the, if the slopes are the same, then they, you might have parallel lines which never intersect, so you have uh, no solutions. Or you might have the same line lying on top of each other, uh, same line twice lying on top of each other, and that way there's right. gonna be infinite solutions. Uh, or if they have different slopes, then you know um, that they're gonna cross once, and so that's one solution. So if it's a system, I'm thinking I'm focused on the slopes, uh, I want to make sure that the coefficients on the X terms and the Y terms are the same in both equations. Got it. Yeah, that's really interesting. I, I think that's that's a really neat one. Mm-hmm. And then the, um, the, the yeah. sort of third flavor of that would be if it's a quadratic. If it's a quadratic and they're talking about how many solutions, I'm thinking discriminant. So that's the part of the quadratic formula that's on the inside of the square root, the B squared minus 4AC. And I'm like, oh, okay, quadratic. They want to know, is it two solutions or one solution or no no real solutions? I'm going straight to the discriminant. Um, yeah. Got it. And then what are you doing? What are you looking for with that discriminant? So B, B squared minus 4AC, if that, and the A, B, and C are the, the coefficients on the uh, X squared, the X terms, and the um, the sort of loose constant at the end. So if right. B squared minus 4AC is positive, there's two real solutions. If it's zero, there's one real solution. And if it's negative, there's no real solutions. Mm-hmm. Got it. Understood. Yeah. So on the face of it, it seems to be sort of a similar task, like how many solutions, or we want this to have one solution, but depending on uh, the content of the of the equation or equations that they give you, it's three pretty different approaches. And so uh-huh. um, I, I like to sort of think, you know, like keep all three of those in my head and have a basis for deciding which one to use. Uh, and because it would be a sure it would be a big shame to uh to start thinking about the like slopes and stuff uh when they really want you to use the discriminant yeah right yeah exactly well yeah i think that's a, that's a really good one and, and an important like you said three-parter um any any other final ones you want to share before we wrap up here uh <laughs> I could go on and on. I don't want to uh, take up all your time here. Um, maybe the one last one I could say is uh, sure. I always um, well. Let's see. What's a short and sweet one? Um, if they're asking about percentages, uh, I always tell people to look for the, the what I call the p percent trick, um, and that is if they say, uh, you know, here's what's going on with the price of oranges, blah blah blah, and um, you know that it 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 rose by p percent. Uh, what's p? Um, if you figured out that it rose by 10%, the answer is not 0.10. The answer is actually 10. And that's because they mm. use the word percent after the variable P. Uh, and so they want the actual integer percent, not the decimal version of that. So it's kind of like the way that they ask the question or kind of similarly, like for any um, student produced response question, 
uh, pay very close attention to any instructions they give you for how they want the answer because they're serious. <laughs> like if they mm-hmm. say round it to the nearest tenth and you keep it at the nearest hundredth or you put it at the nearest integer, I'm sorry, you're not getting credit. Like if they have mm-hmm. asked you to do something, you got to do it. Uh, they're they're not joking around. Um, so yeah, that makes sense. And then I'm I'm thinking also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was I was gonna say too. I think the other thing just to pay attention to is like. I think when you have like a bag of tricks like this, it can be sometimes uh, a little bit easier to like misdiagnose what trick you should actually be using. So just be really deliberate about like what problem type you're actually dealing with. Right. Mm -hmm. Especially that one you just talked about with the three different versions of the same idea. Mm -hmm. Right. That have very different approaches for, for solving them. Right. Like be, be careful with it and make sure that you are, you know, really sure before you're going to apply a trick Mm -hmm. on one of these. Yep. Yep. It's, uh, no substitute for knowing the math and, uh, you know, uh, answering the question that they've asked you and exactly the way that they've said it. Um, but it sure is nice to not waste a lot of time, uh, thinking about the wrong way to do things and, and be able to quickly, uh, recognize and diagnose, um, uh, an efficient way of doing it. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you so much. This is Ben shift, a college admissions podcast for a changing world hosted by Tyler from achievable with David Lynch from study Lark. And you can get a free trial of achievables ACT course by going to achievable.me. And if you like it, be sure to use the code podcast to save 10%.